The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is of value not only to Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell, Christian Magazine Now. Pick up your copy of The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble, Booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Are you interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Bridge the gap between earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect with spirit, and intentionally create our experiences.
Welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host. We are live and local on WNRI 1380 AM with Socket, Rhode Island, and national and international via WNRI.com and our internet affiliates worldwide like Spirit Quest Radio, SQR.FM. Today's guest is Greg Braden. Welcome to the show, Greg Braden. Ron, it is a pleasure to hear your voice. I'm thrilled to be on this program this afternoon, and I, I want to thank you in advance for the the opportunity to share everything that we're going to explore in uh, in this new new body of material today. Yeah, they work very quickly. You're a busy guy. You've been touring all over the uh, country, and um, your book, Deep Truth, um, will be available this weekend, correct? The 15th, I think, is the date. Well, it's the official release. Actually, we've, we've toured all over the world. I'm just back from uh, Western Europe earlier this week, and the, the book is available now online. Uh, I think it's probably in the bookstores on the on the 15th. I know it's in the warehouses now. But yeah. uh, but this material, I don't want to wait until it's available to talk about it because yeah. because of uh, of what these discoveries mean in our lives and and the context and the meaning they give to the the changes that we're all seeing in our world today. So I'm going to follow your lead today, Ron, and uh, we'll see how far we can go with this in the next hour. You know, I, I have to ask because I'm so fascinated about it. I, I hear the story again and again about mm-hmm. how people have come from corporate America. You were a geologist. You were working for the oil companies. And then suddenly it, it's like uh, you awoke and this entire mm-hmm. new life opened up for you. What was actually taking place? What actually what happened to bring you to where well, you are right now? You know, I appreciate the question, and I think it's probably one of the hardest things for an author to uh, to talk about is, is their own lives. You know, we're good at talking about our discoveries <laughs> yeah. and about our, our personal lives. Um, I was trained as a geologist. My first degree is in the earth sciences, but I also worked uh, as a defense uh, engineer or, or a systems designer, computer engineer in, in the defense industry during the last years of the Cold War, and I also was the, the first technical operations manager for Cisco Systems in the the early years of, uh, of the Internet when it was being developed uh, uh, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So the way this question often comes to me, Ron, is people ask how I made what they perceive uh, as a quantum leap from the world of corporations, science, and technology into, into exploring the, the deepest truths of our existence and the, the, the most ancient and cherished of our spiritual traditions. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that the first time... I heard the question. I was surprised uh, because I never made a separation between the two. I never made a separation between spirituality and science. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, in a a very conservative community in the Midwest, in northern Missouri. And it's something people didn't talk about a lot, Ron, and people didn't talk about spirituality and science. But I always assumed, this was my uh, my assumption, that uh, people around me believed as I believed. And my belief uh-huh. was this. I, I believe that when we study science, when we study chemistry and geology yeah. and biology and physics, those are the names that we give to to the little compartmentalized experiences uh, of our relationship to uh, to a higher power. And uh, it wasn't until I got into the corporations that I discovered uh-huh. nothing could be further from the truth, that, that there was uh, – uh, seemingly that the two were mutually exclusive, that we either had to follow the path of science or yeah. a, a path of, of spirituality, but that we couldn't do both. So it was it was during my experience 
uh, in the Cold War years. And, uh, you know, I was working behind the scenes, Ron, and, uh, yeah. for the Defense Department. It was one of the most frightening times in the history of our world. And uh, when we literally faced uh, the greatest threat of nuclear war and extinction that uh, it seems unimaginable to us today. And my question, Ron, was simply this. Here we are facing a great crisis in our world, one of the longest undeclared wars in the, in the history mm-hmm. of the world. Oh, yeah. And my question was, I remember my I was question, a child in school during that time. <laughs> oh, I was too. I remember watching the films that told me to get underneath my desk if I see a flash in the mushroom cloud, like yeah. like my desk is going <laughs> Is actually yeah. going to help me, you know? Yeah, but, that is some powerful furniture. It, it well it must have been. But my my question was this: <laughs> What here here we are facing this great crisis at that time, and yeah. and now we're facing even more today. What would happen if we married these two seemingly disparate ways of of knowing our world? What if we married five thousand years? of spiritual traditions with 300 years of science the best science of our today uh, of of our day where would those understandings lead us and and what insights would they give us not just to survive but transcend to become better people and create a better world transcend mm-hmm. the crises that we face and and that's a long answer to your short question but this is this is what happened to me it was more of a logical next step than yeah. a great leap of awakening and it's mm-hmm. led directly to the, to the book we're going to talk about today, to uh, to the book that's titled Deep Truth. Yeah, in fact, in Deep Truth, you uh, speak about war, you speak about peace, and I think we were just speaking a little bit about the Internet, and when we really look at that, how powerful has that been as far as dispelling the many myths that we have about other cultures, other civilizations, other people throughout the world? It's really made the okay. world a whole lot smaller. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the you know the uh, the title of this book. I'd, I'd like to begin today. Deep truth. One of the first questions that people ask often is, is where's that title come from? And it's mm-hmm. for many people uh, to claim that the book is about truth is uh, is very presumptuous. Yeah. So the the title it itself comes from uh, it's a quote that comes from one of the uh, uh, the most amazing physicists of the 20th century. His name was Niels Bohr. Uh, he was a colleague of Albert Einstein. And in the mid-20th century, a conversation these two scientists were having on on the nature of truth. In this case, it was scientific truth. Mm -hmm. And what Niels Bohr said, and this is a direct quote, he said, it is the hallmark of any deep truth that its negation or its opposite is also a deep truth. Now, Mm -hmm. this is important for our lives today because... We live in a civilization for the last 150 years or so, largely based in the beliefs uh, that science has asked us to embrace about our relationship to the world, uh, to our bodies, to our past. New discoveries, Ron, in late 20th and now the early 21st century are overturning many of the deep truths of science that were held as, as gospel. Uh, up until yeah. recently. So the new discoveries are the new deep truths that overturn, in, in some cases, 300 years of scientific thinking. On the one hand, and you would think that would be a good thing, the flip side of this story is that mainstream media is reluctant and in some cases is refusing to carry the, the stories of the new discoveries, mainstream documentaries, mainstream classrooms, mainstream textbooks, 
mainstream teachings and the curricula in the academic world are reluctant to share these new discoveries, even though they are peer-reviewed, they are accepted mm-hmm. with a, uh, accepted scientific methods, this would be important at any time. But it is especially important right now because the best minds of our time are telling us in no uncertain terms that we're in trouble here on planet Earth, that we are facing this, this generation, these years, we are facing the greatest crises 5,000 years of recorded human history, the greatest number of crises, and that each crisis in and of itself is of the greatest magnitude that we've ever had to to face and that we've got between five and eight years to figure this stuff out or nothing else is going to make much, much difference. Five to eight years, that's not much time. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, to change the way we think of ourselves in the world. Uh So my question is, as I as I began writing this book, is is simply this. How can we possibly make the greatest choices of our future and our very survival until we understand the deepest truths of our existence? The truths now are are there in, in the scientific world. They've been revealed and accepted, but they're not being shared. And that's why I'm so passionate about this material. We must embrace the truth of our relationship to the world, to our bodies, to our past, uh, where we come from, how we function in the world, so that we can make the choices and the decisions to to find our way, to dig our way out of the, the hole of the many crises that we're facing today. So so that's the essence uh, of where I'd like to go, is to share some of the deep truths and what they mean to us in, in our world today. Yeah, why is humanity so reluctant to say, listen, we were wrong. We thought the world was flat. We taught everybody the world was flat. It's round. It's, ha- it's happened in the past. <laughs> well, you know, no, it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I mentioned I'm, uh, I'm just a few days back from a tour in, uh, in Western Europe. And in, yeah. uh, in years past, I've spent a lot of time in, uh, in other cultures uh, mm-hmm. throughout South America and Asia and Africa. And what I found, Ron, is it's not just the United States where we find this okay. reluctance. Uh, but And the United States is, is a leader in terms of uh, of, of new thinking and, and scientific innovation and discovery. So you would expect, at least I would expect, that the United States would be on the leading edge of sharing new scientific discoveries. But what we're finding is this, and, and there are a number of reasons. I, I think part of the reluctance is, is maybe habit. There's a, a scientific story uh, that has been embraced uh, for at least 150 years that describes us and our relationship to the world, and there's a habit of of how that's been taught. It, it, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of textbooks are already carrying this story. Uh, it mm-hmm. costs a lot of money to change those textbooks. Uh, there are, are very good teachers and academics who have devoted their entire lives to sharing and perpetuating this scientific story, uh, and what does it mean for them if they've devoted their lives to one story and that story changes? How do they deal with that? Yeah, uh, and a lot of it is politics uh, yeah. and and money. There, there's a lot of money and, and corporate interest in perpetuating a a story where we are powerless to heal our bodies, where uh, where war is the way that we solve our differences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the problem with this, Ron, is new discoveries are, are telling us that many of the deepest, what we thought were the deepest truths, 
that our civilization is based upon are now are now false assumptions of science. Yeah. Yeah. This goes with climate change. It goes with the, the way we use war to solve our problems, the way we think of civilization. So, uh, again, we're we're talking about this. You and I are talking about this at a very high level right now. And, yeah. and throughout this hour, I'd, I'd like to, to go a little deeper and address some of these deep truths just to give our, our listeners an idea of, uh, of precisely what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny that you said that because I remember one thing that I adamantly believed during college, and it was something that I was taught about rapid eye movement, that we would catch up with our sleep you know, the following night we would sleep, we would wake up refreshed, we'd all be caught up. And then they came to say, wait a second, no, that's not the case. We do develop a sleep deficit if we don't catch up with that sleep that we miss. So it's just there's, there's oh, so many so, things out there. So that means <laughs> I, I, I actually can't catch up on my sleep tonight from all the interviews I did into the wee hours of the morning last I, night. I'm sorry to tell you. I, 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 I wish you would have got the memo, but no. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is, and you know the the truth is the truth is that we live in a world where we are constantly revealing new information about ourselves, our relationship to to one another, our relationship to the earth, mm. and um, uh, and science. I was trained as a scientist, and and I yeah. believe in the scientific method. I, I think science is good. Uh, science does not have all the answers. Science, uh, there are glaring gaps and inconsistencies mm -hmm. in the, the way that science uh, views our world. But I, I think the key to science, uh, we don't want to make science into a religion. Science is a tool that yeah. helps us to understand our relationship to the world. And science can only be as good as uh, as we mm -hmm. allow it to be. It, it's all, we must keep science honest. And to yeah. keep science honest, the scientific mm -hmm. method says that when we have an established story, a, a hypothesis of, of something uh, about ourselves or our world, as new discoveries come to yeah. light, those new discoveries must be reflected in the existing story, or that story is no longer scientific. And, Ron, this is precisely where we find ourselves in the world today. If you, if you have young people, uh, you have children in school, or when you were in school, or when I was in school, we were taught... Uh, that uh, survival of the strongest, survival of the fittest, for example, is, is yeah. the rule of nature. And, and it's deeply ingrained, that, that idea that, uh, of competition. We were taught uh -huh. that we're separate from our world, that we are powerless in our world and powerless uh, to, to have any influence to heal our bodies. Uh, we were taught that civilization is only about 5,000 years old. And before 5,000 years, there's just this this kind of this black hole of, of mystery, what happened before yeah, then. Yeah. All of these are, are now scientifically proven to be false assumptions. We were taught, and today our young yeah. people are taught that evolution is the story that describes the origin of life in general and mm -hmm. human life specifically. The yeah. data clearly does not support this assumption. So I, I don't know the full story of what did happen, but I know that the, the facts don't support the story that's being told today, and that teachers in the United uh -huh. States, when teachers try to share these new discoveries, if teachers introduce, uh, in high school and college, if they introduce the, the, the fact that there are theories that compete with Darwinian ideas, they are yeah. losing their jobs for even mentioning the fact that there are competing Wow. Theories. I had so no the, idea it was to that point. Yeah, what, yeah, the question, what are we afraid of? I mean, do we really want to know 
Uh, and if we don't, then we should stop asking science to find the answers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to talk about some of those deep truths when we come back. After all, this program is made possible by our advertisers and with the support of listeners like you. We'll be back with more Greg Braden, and we're talking about his book, Deep Truth. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic Records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life. Or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at SherryHobson.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. True knowledge evokes wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge in practice. Selective knowledge facilitates error. In spirit is truth. Darshini in spirit will help you find the answers you seek. Darshini sees. Internationally renowned clairvoyant and spiritual guide Darshini has a refreshingly honest and candid style that contributes greatly to her ability to counsel, heal, and guide. Motivational speaker, author, teacher. Experience Darshini in spirit at 714-348-9994. Visit darshini-inspirit.com. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. All 
Holler Vive Psychic Fair, Sunday, October 30th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sheraton Providence Airport Hotel, Warwick, Rhode Island. For a Halloween treat, get a reading, some pampering. Visit our vendors or attend the seminars, including keynote speaker Myrna Lamb. The All Hallows Eve Psychic Fair, Sunday, October 30th at the Sheraton Providence Airport Hotel. Visit AllHallowsEvePsychicFair.com. That's AllHallowsEvePsychicFair.com or 401-769-1325. Being with Ron Ash and Greg Braden today. We are live and local on WNRI thirteen eighty AM and national and international via WNRI.com and great internet affiliates like Spirit Quest Radio SQR dot FM. We're talking about Greg's new book, Deep Truth Igniting the Memory of Our Origin, History, Destiny, and Fate. Fantastic book. I uh, was perusing it on Amazon. I actually got the book FedEx to me this morning and uh, had a little more of an opportunity to uh, look through it. But what I saw so far, it was incredible. I mean, how we're, uh, you know, wired for peace, not war, and um, so many other things as far as our uh, previous belief systems, our perceptions of the world around us, and um, the, the things that science has uh, taught continually over the last century and 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 many of those things being dispelled by science itself well absolutely ron and and i you know this this kind of material it would be important at any time uh it's it's critical now because mm-hmm. of the context uh, of where we find ourselves in the world again the best minds of our time are telling us that we've got five to eight years to solve the greatest number and the greatest magnitude of crises in recorded human history and five thousand years of recorded human history and my question, how can we possibly solve those crises? How can we make the choices until we answer the deepest truths of our existence? Mm-hmm. Many of those truths, as, we, as we've been led to believe today, are based in false assumptions of yeah. science. And, and we know they're false because new discoveries are overturning those beliefs. So what I'd like to do is just zero in on, on one of these that I think is, is one of the keys to everything We'll talk about through the rest of our hour and, and maybe help uh, our listeners to, to understand a lot of what's happening uh, around us today. Are you okay if we, we just I'm good. explore Let's go one for of them? It. That's what we're all now, about well, here. <laughs> well, this is a, it's a Darwinian assumption uh, yeah. that is probably best known to our listeners is uh, survival of the fittest. It's often in, interpreted as survival of the strongest. Um, to really understand why this is so important for us today, we've got to go back into the mid-1800s. Up mm-hmm. until 1859, uh, the deep questions of, of where we come from and how how we function in the world, Ron, they were largely answered by the church. Uh, they were, were thought to be spiritually oriented questions. In mm-hmm. 1859, Charles Darwin, as a scientist, 
took a scientific stab at trying to answer these questions. And his, his book, I know many of our, our listeners are familiar with, was called On the Origin of Species. Now, there are a number of assumptions that came from Darwin's work. And mm-hmm. the reason this is important is because his work was based in the science of that time, the science of the mid-1800s. And it was the first time that science had tried to answer questions that had been answered previously by religion and the church. These ideas, they were embraced quickly, they spread quickly, and they became deeply entrenched into our belief system today. When I say ours, I mean ours in in the Western world considered to be the modern world. Civilization, as we know it today, is largely based upon some of the key ideas that Darwin put forth in the mid-1800s, including survival of the fittest, survival of the strongest. And the problem with this is that new discoveries show us that this is a false assumption, that survival of the strongest is not the the rule of nature. It's not the model that nature is based upon. But here's here's where this is a very, very dangerous way of thinking. Uh, Darwin put these ideas forward in, in 1859, and they were based on observations that he made personally of insects and animals in, in one part of the world. Now, I have to be really clear uh, with where I, where I am on this. I think Darwin was probably a good scientist. Uh, he couldn't possibly have known in his time all the things that we now know in ours about cells, about DNA, uh, quantum quantum physics, things like that. In my estimation, here's the mistake that Darwin made. As a scientist, he took some observations that he made for some forms of life, and he tried to generalize them and apply them to all life, including human. And this is where his theory breaks down and where it's gotten us into trouble. Now, Darwin gave examples of things that he saw in the insect, in the animal kingdom. And he said that when he made these observations, they were small examples of a, a general rule that applies to all life, including humans. So, for example, he saw ants making slaves out of other ants. Or he saw species of birds uh, that would kick another bird out of the nest if it was different from them uh, in in a number of different ways. So rejecting uh, their their own kind just because they were different. So he said that that these are, are little expressions of a general rule. And I think most of us have heard the rule before. He encapsulated it by saying, multiply, vary, let the strongest live, and the weakest die. Let the strongest live, and the weakest die. Now, this is a dangerous way of thinking, and it has permeated our nation in everything from the way that we have treated one another as humans. It's the basis for the economic system that is collapsing on the global level. It's the basis for the way corporations are run today and the way we think uh, of money in our system. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's, it's about the what's good for the bottom line. It's about what's good for the shareholder. It's about what's good for the company, not what's good for the individual. Let the strongest live and the weakest die. And, Ron, if, if people say, well, Greg, that was, you know, 1859, what, what impact could it possibly have on our lives today? Uh, and I talk about this in the book, some of the greatest atrocities that humans have perpetrated against other humans in the 20th century 
uh, are are literally based upon Darwinian thinking. Uh, Hitler, in his book Mein yeah. Kampf, that's the first thing that came he, to mind. Yeah, well, he he paraphrased Darwin's yeah. work, but Hitler never even gave Darwin credit. Chairman Mao uh, uh-huh. actually quoted Darwin and did give Darwin credit, and and he said, and, and this is the danger of false assumptions of science and, and where they can lead. Uh, Chairman Mao said, because these ideas are based in science, it justifies the atrocities, the genocide that he was uh, perpetrating upon his, his own people. Let the strongest live and the weakest die. And it continues today into the 20th century. So this idea, uh, we've seen it carried to its extremes in terms of the economic system that is now breaking and collapsing throughout the world. We've seen the twisted distorted extremes, uh, such as the two that we just mentioned and others, the reason we know it's false is this. In the late 1990s, early 2000s, there were over 400 peer-reviewed studies asking the single question, and the question was this. What is the optimum amount of competition uh, in any situation, and when I say competition, I don't mean a friendly game of, of checkers or, or soccer. This is violent competition. Okay. All 400 studies came back with the same answer, and the answer was zero. They said that whether we're talking about the classroom or the workplace or the playing field, whether we're talking about communities or nations, always, always, always competition, violent competition is destructive and that nature is actually based upon a model of what is called mutual aid and cooperation. And while we may see examples of competition in nature, it is not the model that nature is, is based upon. So those 400 studies, I, I'd just like to share with our listeners, let me a, a quote from a very prestigious journal. Uh, it is called New Scientist. Okay. This was uh, from a uh, scientist. His name is Michael LePage. This was uh, April 2008. And what he said is this. This is a quote. He said, what we see in the wild is not every animal mm-hmm. out for itself. He said, yeah. cooperation is an incredibly successful survival strategy. It's been the basis of all of the most dramatic steps in the history of life. When cooperation breaks down, he said, the results can be disastrous. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that reflected in our world today. So the the deep truth that was embraced in, in the mid-1800s, a survival of, of the fittest, often interpreted as survival of the strongest, has now been overturned with a new deep truth that nature is based upon a model of cooperation and mutual aid. Scientists have embraced it in peer-reviewed journals, but mainstream media is not carrying this story. And if you've got kids in school today, they're still being taught uh, to, to compete uh, in in everything that they do, and that it, that the outcome is uh, is what really matters. They're being taught mm-hmm. that we live in a world dog eat dog, where every creature is out for themselves, and they better they better uh, uh, figure that out if they're going to be successful in the world. Mm-hmm. This is a, a very very dangerous way of thinking, and this is only one of the deep truths. Uh, that we talk about in the book, and and you know we're just glossing over it uh, in this this program. There there are many yeah, examples. Yeah. There's much more we could do here. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a powerful example. The the economic system right now, based upon what is best 
not for people, but what's best for the corporation, for the entity, what's best for the shareholder or best for the bottom line. That is what's coming back to bite us right now. Uh, and for many people, it looks like it happened all of a sudden. But, you know, Ron, I know for your listeners, if, if you your listeners are listening to this, they're ahead of the, the curve. They think outside mm-hmm. the box, and they've been aware of this stuff for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of people, this is brand new. People say, you know, what happened all of a sudden? The world, The world's falling apart at the seams. If we look closely, what we see are the only things that are falling apart or breaking down mm-hmm. are the ways of living and the ways of thinking that yeah. are based in insustainable, unsustainable ways uh, of, of life. And, and those unsustainable ways of life uh, often stem directly from false assumptions of, uh, of science over the last 300 years. Science is only about 300 years old. Uh, in Darwin's uh, case, it's only been a little over 150 years. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this, this is just one example. Yeah. So you you mentioned in the book too that we are not wired for war. We're more wired for peace than anything mm. else. What are some of the things that we really want as humankind? Well, sure. Well, this you know this is where many of the deep truths uh, overlap one another. Uh, when I was in school, when you were in school, our, our kids in school today were taught that that civilization itself is only about five thousand years old and it essentially happened once and. In the time of from the Mesopotamian era in, in ancient Sumeria, uh, that civilization has evolved in a linear fashion, a, a one-way trip from primitive to the, the sophisticated pinnacle of technology that we have today. That's the story that's taught uh, in schools. The history of the world is 5,000 years old. The problem is that the data doesn't support it. Peer-reviewed archaeological studies, they're, they're published in peer-reviewed journals, are now showing evidence of advanced civilizations run over 13,500 years old. That's that's over twice as old as what we've been led to believe. <laughs> yeah. For list, yeah. For listeners that may not be you know geologists or familiar with with geologic mm-hmm. history, when we start talking about anything over 12,000 years old, we're talking about the last ice age. So yeah. these are advanced civilizations. Uh, that we find into uh, the end of the last ice age, and I'm only sharing the ones that are peer-reviewed and accepted by science. Other discoveries have been made uh, that that are still ongoing. And if it were only one site here or there, Ron, it could be an anomaly. But what's happening is there are so many sites now that are being discovered and validated and verified by accepted scientific methods uh, whether we're talking about Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, 13,500 years old, or or the, the, the two-mile-wide, five-mile-long city under 120 feet of water uh, off the, the Gulf of Kambat in India. Uh, the belief is the city was submerged when the sea levels rose as the ice melted at the end of the last ice age. Or we're talking about uh, Corral in northern Peru that I documented personally last June that is now uh, the oldest site in all of the Americas. It, it was it was under uh, uh, full, I mean, fully developed during the same time that ancient Egypt was happening on the other side of the world. The, there are so many anomalies uh-huh. that the, the anomalies are beginning to tell a new story. And the story yeah. is that civilization appears to be cyclic rather than linear. The mm-hmm. cycles uh, appear to be right around 5,000 years each, which 
coincides yeah. with many of, of our indigenous traditions. So now that, that I've shared that, I'm going to answer the question that you just asked about being wired for peace. Okay. One of the one of the amazing discoveries uh, that scientists have found is that is that large scale war as as we know it today uh, only occurs. The evidence for large scale war only occurs in the present cycle that we're living now. The cycle that began about five thousand years ago. When we go back before that time, there's no evidence of large-scale war. There are no walls protecting the cities, no walls or moats surrounding people's homes. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah. no evidence of, of any weapons. There are no mass graves, no mutilated bodies that you would expect to see from, from these things. And this, again, it, it coincides with what many of the indigenous traditions tell us, is that before our cycle which is known as the dark cycle or the cycle of war, there was another cycle that was called a cycle of peace or a a golden age. And then something happened 5,000 years ago, and and it may be linked to climate change. It may be linked to diminishing resources. Uh uh, And I talk about this in the book. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah. But something happened, and, and war became a habit. But it is not our, our truest nature, and, and knowing that suggests that if it is a habit that we've learned, that we can also unlearn that mm-hmm. habit. And what yeah. the traditions, the indigenous traditions that know about cycles of history and time, they, they've always said that we're living in, in a dark cycle of, of war and suffering, and that the end of the cycle, which, by the way, happens to coincide with the, the 2012 era, not that exact mm-hmm. date, but yeah. around that time that is a pivotal point that that is either the doorway to uh, a cycle of of continued war and suffering or it's the doorway to another cycle uh, a golden age a cycle of peace but we must make those choices now and if we make the choices if we solve the crises that we're faced with today through the same thinking that led to the crises Mm-hmm. We know where that's going to lead. And that's why these these deep truths are, are so important, that, that nature yeah. is based upon mutual aid and cooperation. War is not human nature. And yeah. and that we have not always been engaged in war. It's only in this present cycle of time, which, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, our cycle, our 5,000-year cycle, begins in what is called the biblical era, about yeah. 3,000 3, B.C. So the the, the biblical traditions... Uh, and the the spiritual traditions that we embrace in so many uh, different ways today, they originated right around the time, the beginning of this cycle, after the last cycle ended. So yeah. when we when we begin to think of ourselves in this way, are, are these ancient places? I mean, are, are they old? Absolutely. Are they mm-hmm. are they irrelevant? No. There's there's this continuity uh, that our human existence is based upon and if we have the wisdom to recognize that i i believe firmly ron that we can learn from the past find out what worked for our ancestors maybe it'll work for us and do more yeah. of it things yeah. that didn't work let's let's stop doing them and and base many of the choices we're making uh, upon the marriage of mm-hmm. the best science of today and and the principles that have been borne out in the past. I mean, yeah. we know where the false assumptions lead. Let's see 
let's see mm-hmm. where this new way of, of thinking and living sustainably and, and peacefully, where can that lead us today? Yeah. All right. When I get back from break, I want to talk a little bit about intelligent design. Uh, if you could share that. You had a very interesting analogy in the book about the stone and the watch. Are you game? All right. Absolutely. I'll meet you here. <laughs> okay. Hold tight. We'll be back right after these messages. After all, this program is made possible by our advertisers and with the support of listeners like you. Support us at beingwithronash.com. The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is a value not only to Christians, Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell, Christian Magazine Now. Pick up your copy of The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble, booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Are you interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Do we create our own reality? And if so, what are the dynamics that work behind the perception of that reality? What is the true definition of sin? And why is total self-acceptance crucial to one's evolution? A new paradigm rests on the change that comes through understanding the answers to these questions. The Narrow Gate, a journey through identity, belief, and perception, is Joe Dana's exceptionally thought-provoking narrative offering this understanding in a passion-filled display of universal law. Available through bookstores, Amazon, and www.jpdana.com. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness. Breaking through, being, and the secret of divine intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. 
For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Welcome back. You're with Ron Ash and Greg Braden today on uh, great stations like WNRI, 1380 AM in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We're talking about his new book, Deep Truth, Igniting the Memory of Our Origin, History, Destiny, and Fate by Greg Braden. Are we the result of a random intergalactic rock splashing into a mud puddle, or are we and the third rock from the sun, the intentional and intelligent Design. Ron, I love it when you talk that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so are you asking me that question? Yes. You know, uh, this is interesting because this is this is another one of the deep truths in the book. Uh, the evolution as a fact uh, of the supporting the origins of human existence. It is being taught as a fact today. As a scientist, as a geologist, what I can tell you is evolution is, is a fact in the history of the Earth when it comes to plants and animals and insects. Uh, I've seen it in the fossil record. Uh, it is absolutely a fact. Uh, evolution in support of, of human existence, the, the data, the facts do not support that evolution is, is responsible for, for our existence. Uh, as a matter of fact, the data is strongly suggesting that evolution is not the the explanation evolution in and of itself is not uh, an, an adequate explanation for for human existence. Um, one of the the mysteries, Ron, that we find, uh, we talk about life itself. I, I think our listeners are probably familiar with the Big Bang in physics, yeah. believed to be the the burst of energy that uh, that set into motion uh, the pattern that, that created our, our universe as we know it today. Well, in biology, there's something called the Big Bang of, of biology that happened about 545, maybe 550 million years ago during a time that is called the Cambrian era. Uh, and what's so interesting is, is during this time, 98% of the, the forms of life, all forms of life that, that are in existence today, appeared in this relatively brief period of time rather than developing slowly over long periods of time that, that you would expect in uh, from Darwinian perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are theories about why and how this happened, and we've, we've all heard of things like punctuated equilibrium and things like that. But when you put this fact together with the other data regarding human, for example, the fact that, that the modern human body, our bodies, appeared on this earth about 200,000 years ago, and they haven't changed much since. Uh, the body proportions, the, the cranial capacity hasn't changed in 200,000 years. If Darwinian evolution, uh-huh. uh, we're, we're in force here, we would expect to see those changes. And as a matter of fact, Darwinian evolution says that nature never endows more than what is needed at the time. 
So for, for a human form to appear upon Earth with the huge, relatively huge brains that we have and the dexterity that we have 200,000 years ago without anything leading up to that doesn't follow the Darwinian evolution. Now, when we look at uh, very authoritative programs, PBS specials like Nova and uh, yeah. things like that, there are these evolutionary trees that I know our listeners are, are very familiar with. They show the, the human form, Homo sapiens, and all these other fossil uh, uh, creatures that are speculated to have led up to our existence. But this is the key. If you look at the lines on those charts that connect us with them, the legend of the chart actually says these are speculative links or inferred relationships, mm-hmm. but the facts are not there to support it. And as a matter of fact, the, the facts are actually now moving us away from the belief that this is where humans came from. The, the DNA, for example, of Neanderthals, uh, has now been compared with the DNA of, of modern humans. 1987, a Neanderthal infant was uh-huh. found, her DNA was intact. She was carbon dated 30,000 years old. And the bottom line is that scientists and in the very prestigious journal Nature have now said that we did not come from Neanderthals. As a matter of fact, we walked the earth with them, which uh-huh. means we could not have descended from them. Yeah. Darwin couldn't possibly have known about DNA, couldn't possibly have known about cells. Uh, I.L. Cohen from uh, the New York Academy of Sciences made a statement. He said the moment that the DNA-RNA system became apparent, this whole conversation about evolution and creation should have come to a screeching halt. Uh, And I agree because the implications are clear. DNA and the complexity of the human cell is not the result of an evolutionary process. If we want to know what happened and and the, the, the truth of our nature and our origins, I don't know what the answer is. I know that what we're being taught is not the story. Yeah. And that the new the new discoveries are not being allowed to be shared in the classroom and in the textbooks. They're not being carried by the media. If if we really want to know what happened, we've got to go back two hundred thousand years ago, Ron, and we've got to find out how the fully formed human body we call anatomically modern human today. Uh-huh. Where did where did that body come from? And I talk about this as the DNA that allows us to be who and what we are. Uh, geneticists are now saying that the DNA could not have formed by random evolutionary processes, that there is an intentionality. Uh-huh. But they have to stop there. That's all yeah. a scientist can say is is that these genes cannot fuse this way in nature. Something else happened, and then they're specifically talking about uh, chromosome number two. So I think it's possible to explore this in the book without getting, you know, really technical. We can share the science, yeah. but it, it it tells us that the story that we are being have been asked to believe uh, for other forms of life simply doesn't apply to human. Uh, and if we really want to get to the bottom of this, we've got a whole generation of young people, brilliant minds, beautiful hearts that want to Uh devote their lives to understanding our existence, and they're being required to study human existence within the limits, within the confines of what we now know is uh, our false assumptions of science. Wow. So this this is another one of the deep deep truths uh, that uh, that are being revealed. If, If we really believe 
that we are the product of, of a random process. There's nothing special about human life. If we really believe uh, that we live in a world of, of survival, uh, of, of the strongest, then solving our problems through war and competition actually makes makes sense within the, the context of those false assumptions. But the new discoveries are telling us those things aren't true, that we live in a world of... Uh, where nature is based in mutual aid and cooperation, that humankind is not the result of long periods of time and, and random processes, that something else has happened. Uh, we don't know what it is. But mm-hmm. because DNA, DNA is information, and information yeah. is not the product of, uh, of an evolutionary process. The, the information that makes us what we are today was encoded uh, 200,000 years ago. It didn't evolve over this long period of time. So it implies an intentionality. Uh, and in the book, we, we talk about the, the term, uh, uh, well, there are a number of terms now that are uh-huh. being used as, as alternative theories. Uh, and again, I, I don't know what the answer is, but what I know is that when we look at uh, uh, what is called irreducible complexity, uh, these are systems that where all the pieces have to be intact for them to work. So a mousetrap, for example. A mousetrap is a perfect example of irreducible complexity. If, if you take away the spring, uh, it, it can't flip to, to, to capture or kill the mouse. If you take away the base, there's nothing to mount the thing on. If you take away the bait, it's not going to work. All the yeah. pieces have to be in place for the mousetrap to do what it does. The same thing is true of human cells, of human DNA, uh, of the way that human blood works uh, uh-huh. and the nutrition it carries to our bodies. Everything must be in place all at once. So this is uh, just before the break. You made the analogy of the watchmaker. Uh, yeah. This was a, an analogy that was, was put forth in the, uh, the 1800s. If, if we find uh, – well, here's the analogy. If you and I are walking together in a field and we look to our feet and we see a rock and we see a watch – Mm-hmm. We can we can infer that the rock may have been there through natural processes for a long period of time. We look at, at the watch; it implies a watchmaker. All yeah. of the parts had to be machined and fit into place in a very precise way for the watch to, to function and do what it does. And that analogy in the mid 1800s was used uh, with with the human body as well. And now our own science is bearing this out that that. Uh, the, the principle of irreducible complexity uh, is not a function of, of evolution. It means that, that the, the, the machinery of the cell uh, had to be in place, intact and already functioning for, for us to develop and for the cells to do what they do. So, yeah. again, I know we're short on time, and, and we may not be doing justice to the topic, but we're, we're, we're sharing the ideas that, and the key here, Ron, is that new discoveries uh, are are shedding new light on some of our most cherished beliefs. But mm-hmm. those discoveries are, are, and they're peer-reviewed, but they're not being allowed in the classroom, the textbook, or the mainstream media. Uh, in the United States of America, 2012 is an election year. And many of the topics that we're talking about right now are going to be hot topics in this election cycle. What can and cannot be taught in the classroom? Climate change. We haven't even gotten to that tonight. What is? What do the core samples from Antarctica, 420,000 years of Earth's history, what is the deep truth that they tell us 
about our relationship to climate and cycles and global warming and our our role in that. Uh, all of these things are coming together now, helping us to to embrace new ways to think of ourselves and our relationship to the world. So this is the essence of, of what the book Deep Truth is all about, the new discoveries, um, what they mean in our lives, and uh, how they begin to tell a story uh, of our relationship to the earth and one another and how our embracing of that story will help us to dig our way out of, of the hole that the multiple mm-hmm. crises now have led us to. Yeah. So that's uh, this is what I, I wanted to say in, the, in our program here tonight. All right. Awesomeness. Thank you for coming on the show. Deep Truth, Igniting the Memory of Our Origin, History, Destiny, and Fate, Greg Braden. You can learn more about Greg at gregbraden.com, or you can link to Greg and all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. We'll see you on the radio real soon. Be peace, everyone. promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
promotion valid for first night only. Winter's coming, which means higher heating bills. Here's the thing. If your monthly heating bill is bigger than it should be, it's probably your windows. Seriously, older windows that are warping, rotting, or cracking are literally taking cash right out of your wallet. Stop wasting your money and replace those old windows with Renewal by Anderson's top quality energy efficient windows. Just go to replacementbyrenewal.com today. With their 100% full service process, Renewal by Anderson makes replacing your windows easy. Over half a million happy customers can't be wrong. So don't spend another winter letting your old windows waste more of your hard-earned cash. Just go to replacementbyrenewal.com and schedule your free consultation on top quality made-to-order energy efficient windows and patio doors from Renewal by Anderson. Plus, right now, buy one window or door and get one 50% off with $0 down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. So don't wait. Go to replacementbyrenewal.com and schedule your free consultation online today with Renewal by Anderson. Go to replacementbyrenewal.com. That's replacementbyrenewal.com.